There are no rules, and the points are made up. Oh, (laughs) kicking it off with the Hannibal Lecter voice right off the bat tonight, huh? Uh, Zencaster needs to institute like a uh, not whose line. What's the ESPN show with that used to be hosted by Tony Reality? Yeah, pardon the interruption. Yeah, pardon the interruption with scores and stuff. That would be very nice. Yeah, the only person who ever scores points is Jake. Yeah, I well, I I'd be the host. No, Andrew's the host. Andrew's still the host. I don't really yeah, know um, why I'm the host. I mean, I don't see that I'm the host. You're not a. To- fine, I don't even know who hosts it now. It's not Tony Reality, right? I know this I show. Don't know. This is I me showing my age. Who and watches also TV that anymore? I don't watch ESPN anymore. Yeah. Who who watches the TV? age of the golden age of ESPN is long gone. Sadly, it's coming oh, gone. Man. Yeah. And with that declaration. What? No. no! What are you doing? Right, guys, show's over. Oh no, wrong one. Sorry, hold on. <laughs> Boy, I'm nice not talking to you guys this week. Ah. I there thought we that go. was on purpose. <laughs> I should have pretended it was on purpose. I'm having interesting audio things today. People will really find this interesting. Um, you guys are coming through my AirPods, I think. Yes, you are. But the uh, the track for the intro music is coming out the iMac speakers. I didn't know that no. was possible. But I anyway. Also didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know so Aspiring Minds. The audio is <laughs> Episode good. 12, March right. 23rd, 2023. Show is three lawyer friends not giving legal advice, not giving technology advice. We're certainly not giving technology advice because we're going like a month and a half now without having any audio issues. Every, every week we've had something, right? I think. <laughs> yeah. Is that right? We, we've missed a week. Then we had uh, no Jake at all. Then we had too much Jake at the end of the last yeah. one, right? He was alone just doing his, uh, an outro yeah. track. So I'm My one solo, of the friends. four minutes of complaining about why is our audio always messed up. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, if you heard that, congratulations. You got the sweet bonus track, which was deleted after we realized yeah. it existed. Um, <laughs> you really so jumped congratulations. on Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. So I'm Andrew Leahy. I'm a tax and technology attorney, and I'm joined by Jason Ramesland. He's the employment attorney, but also he's the only one of us who hasn't had an audio issue so far. He gets his <laughs> audio issues out of the way before we do the show. He comes in yeah, that's and right. never works the first time. I was going to say. He does he, it before it's recording. <laughs> yeah, he he gets the benefit of having an audio issue that alerts him to its existence immediately. So And we're yeah. jinxed. We're jinxed tonight because this was yeah. the first time that I did not have that issue. Guys, this is some A++ podcasting <laughs> right here where we talk and uh, we're complaining about our audio issues. Uh, yes, I am Jason Ramsland. I sue bad bosses. Sometimes I sue them one at a time, sometimes three at a time. Uh, wow. This week, I'm suing eight bosses at a time. Yes, eight bosses. This is only slightly an obscure office space reference. Uh, but <laughs> I literally sent a letter where we're going to sue eight people for an overtime violation. So tons and tons wow. of fun. The yeah. uh, uh, eight bosses. Uh, I don't know if you've been how mo- how quickly you've been uh, paying attention to Florida's uh, plaintiff situation, plaintiff lawyer situation, because we have a giant oh, yeah. tort reform bill coming through. Um, it's the talk of the legal sphere, especially. But man, every plaintiff's lawyer I know is filing like dozens and dozens of cases. Um, this my local clerk uh, got over a thousand filings over the last weekend alone. Um, and over, over the weekend, like, over the last weekend, whereas wow. the average year is like twelve thousand or something like that. Um, mm. Apparently, there's like four hundred thousand new cases filed in Florida. Um, that's a rumor. I have no idea, wow. but it sounds very high. <laughs> it feels yeah, like 400,000 people should not have plaintiff's cases in Florida. Uh, but man. Um, and so why is this? I missed, I missed the part about why. Why Why is this happening? So there's a tort reform bill coming out, which is going dra- to change how much damages are available and also change how insurance works. And okay. so they're getting it in under the gun. Uh, thinking it's going to pass or some version of it is going to pass so that it's not it doesn't apply retroactively uh, or apply to that, even though, you know, I'm sure there's some question about, uh, you know, the retroactivity when it comes to the claims themselves, because you got injured under the 2020 whatever law. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think for insurance and bad faith and stuff like that, it's going to apply prospectively Mm. Um, uh, and retroactively kind of. but uh, also, it's definitely like uh, political. 
it's definitely like a political maneuver by plaintiff's you don't terms say. to be like, we're going to, f- oh, okay, you're going to do this? Well, then we're just going to file in every case. I, I hope you enjoy your tort reform package insurance. Uh, you could, like you you lobbied for mm. this. This is what you got. And then they're going to get, you know, we'll see how it goes. But even if even if they don't pass it, it's going to be a mess already because yes. the, mess is <laughs> made. the clerk, I mean, the, the judges are going to are still backed up from COVID. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to be even crazier just with like defaults, I guess. I don't know. Are they going to default? Are they going to they're definitely not going to follow the uh, the uniform case management orders that are getting sent out. So, hmm. oh, boy. Uh, hey, it's going to be a, so, uh, a fun so, time. So, so who are you? Introduce yourself. Oh, <laughs> you yeah. I'm, your I'm Jacob Schumer. <laughs> um, I'm a local government and land use attorney in Florida, um, the world's most fun state. And he's uh, the young lawyers section of Florida president-elect designate. Designate, yes. The third, right? Yeah. Yes. For, yeah. for the state or for... Away. For Orange County. Oh, I'm, not, well, I'm, I'm not doing it for the state. For the state, you have to campaign and travel, and I'm not doing that, so... No, thank yeah. you. You don't want to drive uh, around so, Florida? Sounds lovely. Yeah. <laughs> so close the loop for me here because you were talking about eight bosses and uh, connect that to the tort reform thing. Well, just how, how many lawsuits and how many people you can sue. Uh, at once. Okay. That, was the, that was the closed loop, the segue that I was going for. Wait a minute. Is that a new rule on the show? Like, are you going to call people out if if we don't make our point? Because I, I'll, I'll drop this <laughs> yeah, call right not, now. That's unfair. Don't put me on the spot. Yeah, I go <laughs> I, off on I thought, tangents. I have no idea where I'm going. When we were talking about this like four months ago before we ever started uh, recording anything, didn't we say like the main purpose here was to make fun of each other? Yeah, no, that's that's no that that was a no. product. Okay, no, it, uh, yeah, okay, sure. No, it wasn't. <laughs> a, it wasn't like a purpose, but it right. was like, hey, you know what? This is It'd probably something that's going to happen pretty regularly. In the middle yeah. of my statement, I was going to be like, "Wait, I'm just as bad as you. I'm correcting you. I can't. We can't correct each other. That's not. That's not okay. No uh, research, but correcting. Yeah, no. Three Everybody gets to say anything. Yeah, I can be completely wrong. Right. Well, we have the disclaimer at the start. So once yeah. we say none of this is legal advice, anything we say is it's totally fine. There's no that's how that works. It's like when yeah, you we, put it at the bottom of your email, none of this that is sounds legal right advice. To me. You can, you we can also have we also have an eleven episode track record of being completely wrong a lot of the time. So muscle yeah, top, I guys. I haven't heard anything in like six episodes about something we got wrong. So yeah, I, I think, think they don't care. Anymore. I think we're totally good now. Yeah. yeah, I think initially people it. think they're probably holding themselves to some sort of standard and they listen under those auspices and then eventually they realize, oh, yeah. no, these people are not. It's like We've, people on the street yelling. You don't keep fact checking everything they say. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, we've also self-selected out the audience that wants things to be accurate and high quality. Yeah. So um, they, you want we that successfully got rid of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So we have a lot of topics, I think, but, but a lot of little topics. The first one, yeah. I don't know. I think Jake, you shared this. This uh, Cozen O'Connor uh, 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 partner, right? Conflicts Council that got. This was was that Jason? Me. Oh, that's Jason. Oh, it was. It was me. It was me. Yeah. So uh, insider trading. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't. Yeah. No, dude, go ahead. I, you tell. No, no, no. I, there was just there's this guy who worked for this law firm. Uh, apparently, it's got some connection to you, Andrew, in some way, uh, but no special mm-hmm. inside information or anything like no. that. Uh, but there's this uh, big law lawyer who got his license suspended for a year because apparently at some point he came across uh, information that led him to uh, engage in some sort of trading that with that inside information. And what do you know, he earned a profit of $10,000 by trading the stock uh, right. of, of a client of a client of the firm. Uh, and, uh, you know, word kind of percolated through and it was discovered. And, uh, instead of turning a $10,000 profit, he paid a $20,000 fine. So suspended license, which is yeah, suspended license for a year, $10,000. His name is all over. I mean, if you search for his name, that's all you're going to find. Right. He's a 61 year old, I think partner, right. At, at, it was a conflicts council at Cozen O'Connor. I mean, if you're 61, if you're a 61 year old lawyer, I sure hope you're a partner if you're at a law firm, but if you're Maybe a big not. law yeah. partner and you're 61, I think he can just retire. I think he just like, you know, that, that, the cleats. he was making enough. He was co- so conflicts counsel in this context means when it comes to corporate M&A. Is that what or it's whatever. about? I mean, I think in this particular case, it might be. But in general, yeah, it's just it's, okay. it's like one attorney they set aside that I don't he's probably not inside the hierarchy of like the you know, associate partner counsel track and stuff. He's sort of like not quite a contract attorney, but 
something along yeah. those lines. And you're just in charge of basically looking at new matters coming in and sending that email firm wide that bothers everybody that says, does anybody have a conflict with, you know, with this, yeah. whatever. Which and that so part of it is probably something that could just be delegated to like a trustworthy paralegal in terms of sending that email. And honestly, that's yeah. probably what happens. Uh, but uh, he bought the stock in October of 2019 after he basically got a hunch on uh, what to uh, on uh, what to buy when a tax partner asked him mm-hmm. to run a particular conflicts check on a particular company, the company okay. that he ended up buying stock in. Uh, and this was kind of uh, on its way to a possible uh, merger. I don't know whether that merger actually ever came through, but they ran the conflict. Guy figured out, uh, oh, hey, this might be a good buy opportunity. If they're about to get snapped up in a merger, maybe the price is going to gonna do well. Apparently, yeah. that was a good hunch because the price did do well. Uh, I don't think it says how much he invested in order to turn that profit. That's my question because yeah, what, yeah, what I hope that was a <laughs> thousand ten thousand. Because yeah. I mean, if he put a hundred grand in and he made ten thousand on an insider tip, then he needs better insider tips. That's not, and then lost his license for a year. He just needs to bet I, bigger. That's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Probably, uh, okay. Here yourself. we go. I, I pulled up the SEC uh, announcement, which was from November of 2021. So this is the SEC okay. fine announcement, and the. Uh, so the license suspension proceedings only just kind of came to a head recently. Uh, he purchased a thousand shares after the merger was announced. Stock price increased thirteen point seven percent. Sold his shares for a profit of ten thousand and two dollars. Uh, and so, I'd, somebody else who actually it maths good in their head can figure out what that is. But he invested enough to make ten grand on a thirteen point seven return. Uh, and so. Maybe he didn't Bravo, bet big sir. enough. Hey. Maybe he was betting small on purpose in hopes that he wouldn't be noticed. It It is interesting to me to think about how this got figured out. And I am willing to hazard a guess. I don't think it says in any of the articles that I've seen on this. I'm willing to hazard a guess that this was water cooler discussion or like yeah. stupid Slack channel discussion like we do constantly like a rumor all day, mill, every like day. Somebody hearing the tea yeah. about this guy who bought the bought our client's stock or something like that. To be clear, though, Jason just said what like we do on Slack. We just talk on Slack. He's not. We don't have we trade insider. insider. Yeah. yeah. Like what we right. do, you know, where, you know how when we have insider information, we buy stuff, <laughs> yeah. we sell it at a profit just like we do. No, we don't do yeah. any Gosh. of that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah, uh, I, I but, agree. There's no way to find this out otherwise. This is not something like what? What are they doing? They're they're how, how yeah, are they? They're not monitoring their their employees' yeah. investment accounts or anything yeah. like that. Uh, know, but it's, there's it's possible. It's possible that for a position that's a more sensitive position like conflicts counsel, maybe they yeah, are. Maybe for M and A people, I wouldn't know. <laughs> um, maybe. Yeah, but there's another. This reminded me of an interesting case of like very similar where um, a a, it was a big law attorney working on a corporate merger and her boyfriend stole insider information from her without her mm. knowing. And there was like well, a question about whether she was responsible. And I think she ended up getting dis- disciplined a little I bit, think like so. yeah. a little bit because for not having enough information security or whatever. Right. But yeah. that's such a tough position to be in. Um, Isn't it kind yeah, of the I, duty of the boyfriend to say that he stole it? Like once you're caught, doesn't he kind yeah. of have to say, I stole it without her knowing? I mean, there's no point in I mean, he everybody said that, going yeah. down. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, I mean, yeah. Um, though I don't know, you know, at, at that point, you're, you probably ruined the relationship. So maybe you're just like, screw it. She was in on it the whole time or something like that. But maybe we're true. maybe we're too close in time to like the pandemic, the part of the pandemic when everybody was working from home all the time to be like, mm-hmm. I, where are these cases that are being prosecuted where co- client confidences were breached because somebody was working from home and like yeah, their right. kids, their kids in the next room were on a, a Zoom call with their teacher and some other kids dad was listening in uh, and discovered this like just everybody overheard a phone call like there's got to be something weird like that that's coming down the pike and maybe we're just too close to march april may of 2020 and mm, enforcement just yeah. slowed down so much that maybe we just haven't had have had it percolate through yet i'm waiting for yeah, that i one. mean it's as you said with the, with the other case it's probably difficult for that to be caught as well 
the the more each one of those leaps yeah. you're making, right? It's like the you know they're all in the com- same class and they're on a call and somebody's dad hears the thing. The further out you get, the less likely it is that. I mean, my understanding yeah. of how most of these insider trading things ha- go is that people who have insider information um, at one company, one firm, one whatever about one company that they're too connected to sell it or trade it to somebody who has information about another one that they can act on. Like, does that make sense? So like, I, you know, I'm high up in Walmart. I know they're about to acquire something. Uh, you're high up in Target. You know, they're about to acquire something. You really can't act on your Target information because they'll catch you in two seconds. But you could act on my Walmart and obviously vice versa. You know, the same for me. And so I imagine a lot of these things are like traded on on platforms and stuff. I, I might be writing an article about something like that. But anyway, um, moving on from that, our other small topic is the TikTok hearings and whether or yeah. not TikTok should be banned. This happened today, and, right? This The CEO yeah. was in front of the House Energy Commission, I think, right? Oh, I don't know what, what committee he was in front of. But yeah, he yeah. was in front of some committee. Uh, but And we covered this a little bit last week because, you know, talk has been ramping up about TikTok uh, getting banned. And somebody said, you know, you know, they'd been taking it seriously and not so seriously over the years, but they're starting to take it. That is the commentator was starting to take it seriously because TikTok CEO came out with a video about how, you know, about the platform, talking about how nice the platform is and how important it is. And, you know, 150 million Americans are communicating on TikTok. And he did this in like a high rise while wearing a hoodie and it's like oh he's wearing he's doing a hostage video this is this is looking bad um <laughs> that's the window he will be defenestrated out if this yeah. doesn't work out for him yeah yeah but apparently it was like a terrible huh <laughs> yeah defenestrated i just you know that has that two meetings exists. You know really? that has two meetings. Yeah, it has a, oh, no. a second meeting. Oh no, it has What's a the second meeting? meeting. No, we're not going to talk about it. I learned it in Latin <laughs> class. Uh, I mean, the window. Talk about the, you can look, you can look it up recreationally. <laughs> oh my god! I, I, okay. I, I meant the window one. If it's some sort of horrible yeah. thing, I didn't mean that. I meant he's going to get chucked. They're out both the horrible. I mean, they're yeah. both horrible. That's true. Let's not okay. let's not do any of them. <laughs> no. Uh, okay. But yeah, apparently the the hearing was terrible. Like you know, Congress members of Congress all wanted to. We're just like TikTok is terrible, which is like I ended like it kind of is, but yeah. Um, and the CEO was basically like, "Yeah, we're just doing the same thing that Facebook is doing. Everything we're right. doing is the same." And there was definitely a share. I just saw the highlights. There were definitely a share of you know pol- politic uh, politicians' questions, which don't make any sense. Like, is it true that TikTok accesses your home Wi-Fi when you use it? And he's just the CEO of TikTok. Yeah. Is just like what? Of course. Uh, <laughs> What I don't understand, yeah, um, bro. Do you even internet? Come on, yeah. There were, and one of the questions was like, "Can you confirm now that TikTok's algorithm does not look at use the camera to look at pupil dilation to, to confirm that <laughs> uh, that's used for the algorithm?" And the guy, and again, the TikTok guy was kind of confused, didn't right. understand what was being asked. He was like, "Yeah, we don't use identification, the camera to a- identify." But that what you know that wasn't what it was was being asked. It didn't make right. any sense, but um, well, apparently uh, from, the CEO was preparing for like weeks. They were like peppering him with questions. Yeah. They were do- he he had underwent yeah. like a rocky he, yeah. training montage of getting ready <laughs> to be asked by these you know nine hundred year old mummies uh, things questions. But I mean, I'm sure those questions were not thrown at him, right? They never thought, yeah. well, what if they're this is the same, right? Was was Ted was the guy who said uh, the internet's like a not like a pipe, it's like a bunch of trucks? Was that the House or the Senate? No, well, there was the guy that said there's a the internet is a series of tubes. Is that um, Ted? Ted something? Ted Stevens, who yeah, died he, in a plane crash. Died in a plane crash. Yeah, probably for yeah. asking a stupid question. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he was being peppered with these sorts of questions. And yeah, apparently there was like just bipartisan. He was just being basically yeah. flayed. The CEO of TikTok. He was not he, like at one point he asked if he had an opportunity to respond to something, and the uh, the chair like thought about it for a second and said, "No, we're going to move on," and then moved on to you know the next. I mean, it was clearly just we're going to drag you out. And we're going to torture yeah. you about this. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what sort of level of prestige uh, it takes in order to get a seat on the House Energy and Commerce Committee. <laughs> it seems like the Commerce Committee would be a pretty important uh, committee. Uh, I don't know why Energy and Commerce are bundled together like that. There's probably yeah. a whole. Those host seem like of... too large enough to be on their own. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I they're they're uh, large enough. I think also to have their own uh, cabinet secretaries, right? There's a secretary of energy. Is there a secretary of commerce? Surely there is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, got, yeah really showing the uh, grade A government acumen here, Jason. Uh, <laughs> but 
you know, looking at some of these questions and look at the way that the questioning overall went, it makes me yearn for the time when the people who were on our TV asking questions of important people were like Jamie Raskin, uh, who was doing some of the questioning about the impeachment hearings and stuff like that, where you actually had a trained litigator who knows how to examine a witness up there. Mm. Uh, and uh, you just, the the caliber of the questions that were asked in this hearing were so, it was just so poor. Yeah. Uh, and it's really disappointing that you get this guy who's the head honcho, uh, Xiao Chu, I think his name is. I might be mm-hmm. pronouncing that uh, incorrectly, but uh, you get this guy who's like a big wig at the company that owns the big, owns and operates the biggest, most important app in the world right now. Uh, especially as it relates to social media and you get him in there and you ask him a bunch of stupid questions. Like, Prepare for the hearing, guys. Prepare yeah. for the hearing. Yeah. They they just want to have the hearing so that they can tell their speech and get like a good clip to show off to their constituents about how they're fighting TikTok. They aren't really actually looking 100%, at... 100%, yeah. And, it, and I don't think that's very effective at all. I don't think that's a good strategy. because So like, uh, there are some people that are good at questioning. Uh, the two that come to mind are actually AOC and senator burr from north carolina i think who are both good and i know that because i saw clips where i was like wow you're actually smart whereas like anytime i see somebody grandstanding i'm just like oh this is so annoying uh like you could actually be asking useful questions and you're not like why did you bring this person out um yeah so i whenever somebody does actually ask good questions i'm like i'm impressed and it makes me think a lot more of them Here's an example. Uh, so this was uh, Rep uh, Representative Rogers. I don't know anything about uh, her or him, uh, but it's uh, she. It's and she, to- I believe, is the chair of the of the committee we were talking about, the um, Energy and Commerce or whatever. Well, she should be unseated, uh, both from the chair <laughs> and from her seat in Congress, because I mean, she literally took the opportunity to grandstand in this in what's supposed to be a hearing, uh, and this is the quote from her. Uh, it says, "To the American people watching today, hear this." Like, okay, <laughs> okay, grandstanding. <laughs> right, yeah. we're all watching. Uh, literally. Yeah. And hear this. Great. You sound like my eight-year-old dad. Hear this. Do you mean listen to this? Hear this. TikTok is a weapon by the Chinese Communist Party to spy on you, manipulate what you see, and exploit for future generations. Close quote. Okay. Mm. So uh, let's take for a second here that there are some genuine concerns about TikTok and access to TikTok and what TikTok gleans from us and our eyeballs and our watching habits uh, and the sort sure. of things that do well here. Let's assume that the Chinese Communist Party can have some access to that. Is it a weapon designed by the Chinese Communist Party? I don't know. <laughs> In the right. same but way that care. everything that China does is asso- associated with its government, which That's is That's my like, larger point. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. And I wonder like how how foreign that sounds to uh, to ears that are not American, right? That is that is that something only we do where we link everything you know you know if it's owned by a french company like do we want the french to have access to this what does that mean what are you talking about it's not like the government owns it i understand it might be different in china yeah it's it's kind of not like they don't they really don't own it and like independent researchers have looked at tiktok and it doesn't appear that there is some sort of backdoor in there that they like sure tomorrow they can just there's a i I, my understanding is there is a law in china that uh, you know, for any national security reasons, they could basically take all the data of TikTok. And I think even if there wasn't a law, like we can all sort of posit that they would be yeah. able to do that in some way, right? But as the a idea that like, reality, yes, they can break down right, the door yeah. and just take it, right? Just as much as we can, right? Any other, any like Facebook or anything like that. If if there, there was some sort of actual like wartime effort, you don't think that data would be immediately taken up to be used for something? I yeah I. Honest to me, the mo- the biggest concern with a foreign government having that you know being in control of something like TikTok is the algorithm part, not the data part. Uh, obviously, the data is concerning, but right. you'd be concerned about the algorithm. And if one day they're just like, we want to amplify this message or we want to suppress this message, which yeah, yeah, is also a problem when Facebook does it. Is I think right. one point that everybody's making is that really maybe one of the things that they should be looking at is how do we can we like force out algorithms because algorithms are obviously one of the most valuable 
protected assets that a right. mm-hmm. uh, that a social media company like TikTok, like Facebook has, because the algorithm is kind of the product, uh, but is also the like biggest thing that has its social downside to it. If you are sure. manipulating it to for what to impact what people see, like I I saw some people saying that there's like no legitimate concern with TikTok other than pure xenophobia. I think there's some legit, you know, like concern with having a foreign government have control over an algorithm. Uh, sure. That our own, like affecting our, our, uh, our constituents, but those other countries have the same should have and do have these same concerns about Facebook and Twitter. Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And they should have, they should have potentially greater. I mean, we have a longer history of, of being successful. I mean, we have spread our culture <laughs> yeah. all over the world. You know what I mean? Like we, we've done a pretty good job name, yeah. you know, a Chinese pop star. I don't know yeah. any, I bet you the Chinese people can name oh, some of ours. Yes. That, yes. Though South Korea is now, you know, South K-pop is now the, one of the biggest things in the world. And I'm right. sure Facebook isn't the, I mean, it's a product of the Hollywood machine being so effective, but um, right. like, I, I think there's, there'd be some benefit to all these companies having to front their algorithm and make it perfectly clear, clear what the algorithm is doing all the time. And that being sure. conditioned of doing business in general. I don't know whether that's like the complete solution or whether that's even a workable solution, but like the fact that we are being served content and this is one, you know, one reason why I like Mastodon, which is like, we choose what algorithms we subscribe to. Right. Um, uh, the fact that we don't have any kind of look into these algorithms that are determining what we see is a problem. No matter who owns it is a problem is a problem. No matter any uh, geopolitical concerns. Yeah. Right. I agree. There was an episode of the Simpsons about this. Do you guys remember it? You remember so. uh, <sighs> when the Navy, the when, the, when the Navy, no, 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 no. I'm, it's a way. Oh, Yvonne at Niage. I think this, Yvonne at Niage. Yeah. Where the, yeah. Uh, where the Navy, the recruiting was slipping for the Navy. And so they just inserted it into like popular pop song. Uh, and, uh, it was subliminally conveying to everybody, join the Navy, join the Navy, even at Niage is join the Navy backwards. And so we're all getting even at Niage by uh, TikTok. I that's I mean, is it is it theoretically possible that at some point the Chinese Communist Party takes over TikTok because they want to send a subliminal message to Americans? Yeah, it's possible. I you know Probably. what? I have a hard time imagining that possibility actually coming to fruition, but. In the history of everything that's never happened before, that's ever happened, there was a time before which it had never happened before. So, uh, right. you know, it's it, it could, but I'm not. I like, do wonder what I'm the people in Congress. Yeah, I mean, I do wonder what the people in Congress that are asking these questions, what they envision it would look like, because uh, as we said, like they can't ask their questions seem just you know, out, way out there in terms of, is it accessing the local Wi-Fi in order to access the internet or all, all this? And, you know, is it uh, scanning your pupils to see if you're upset? So I wonder what they think, like, so, you know, the algorithm is going to be weaponized. What are they, because my bet is like, it's culture war stuff for like fully half of them. They think the Chinese communist party is going to convince mm, all yeah. of our teens to like, I don't know, some, one of the culture war things. And, and it, it, I don't, I don't see that these are the people that are really holding those concerns. Like, can is there a genuine concern there if a foreign government has access to this algorithm and can push some sort of message? Sure. But what I actually see being most likely is that they would be like maybe favoring one of our political candidates over another. It would be something we're already pretty used to and we've experienced before. Yeah. I don't know what else. It, like, what are they going to do? Just start inserting Karl Marx quotes into videos or like <laughs> just like literally like Xi Jinping propaganda you know, he's a great guy oh okay what, what, what am i gonna do about that that's great he's he, I mean, I, my my opinion of xi jinping is that he's wonderful now because i watch too much tiktok okay they're gonna and? they're gonna eradicate all the winnie the pooh videos on, uh, on tiktok <laughs> right uh one well if you look at what russia has done with their like psyops in america they really don't try to i mean they do definitely have like people that are like out there being pro-russian but even when they don't do that they're stoking they are stoking culture wars without a uh without a clear dog in the fight right the purpose of polarization in order to reduce our effectiveness as a country um and so stoking polarization they they don't even need to convince anybody to go on their side to have an effect 
Um, really, this is like, I'm sounding more alarmist about it than, I, than I'm intending to be. But like, really, there's so many things you could do that with, a, right. with control over an algorithm if you wanted to take that control. Um, I'll say that I'm not subscribed to the TikTok channel, the TikTok whatever, but the their message about being pro TikTok showed up in my feed for whatever reason, you know, on my for you page. I don't mm. I assume that was, uh, you know, uh, organic and that it wasn't like forced into my feed. But there's nothing that stops them from being like, you're watching this, the, our message now. Um, oh, which, on TikTok. You mean on TikTok, the yeah, like, official TikTok. TikTok account yeah. within TikTok got forced into your sort of like Musk forcing his tweets into the For You page on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, along and and lines, Facebook so. does the same thing, but like on a much, they can't do it as much because they can't do it with know. Mark Zuckerberg because everybody would just immediately oh, be yeah, repulsed. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the, the House members did mention like, uh, you've united us against you, just like Mark Zuckerberg, who also <laughs> sucked. And I was right. like, yeah, th- I appreciate yeah. Thank you for mentioning that. That's fair. Wait yeah. a second. Did they actually just say Mark Zuckerberg sucks? No, did, they did said that, oh. you're you're being evasive just like yeah. Mark Zuckerberg was. Can't get a yes or no answer out of you. Everything is hedging. Well, I mean, and in oh, defense, yeah. in this guy, in the CEO's defense, uh, yeah, it's it, you're not getting a yes or no answer because your questions are crazy. They don't make any sense. They're not. First of all, yeah. most of them are not yes or no questions because there's all sorts of like built-in premises that you need to just sort. It's like, so when did you stop beating your wife? Right? Yeah. Uh, I can't answer yes. You know, a date on that. I'm gonna have to give a little more information about how that's not true. And so, yeah, they were, I mean, it seemed like it went about as bad as it could for TikTok and for the, the, the little, the few clips I saw of him, he seemed um, genuinely surprised at how bad it was going. Yeah. Right? He was just like, he what? Seemed, <laughs> he seemed to be, this was not how he expected. Yeah. He kept his composure. Yeah. I mean, I give him credit. It can't be easy. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was Tony Cardenas uh, from California. I, I, the accent is over the A, so I tried to emphasize that. Uh he uh, said, you've been one of the few people to unite this committee. You remind me a lot of Mark Zuckerberg. When he came here, I said to my staff, quote, he reminds me of Fred Astaire. Good dancer with words, close quote. That, okay. was, a long, well, that was a long way to get to your point, man. Yeah. Good and dancer not, with not words. Not you, Jason, the guy. The guy. No, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. It was <laughs> I, like, okay, like that's a pretty old reference. And also like, just like, it's 2023, man. Let's talk about Ginger Rogers instead of Fred Astaire. <laughs> Ginger Rogers She's did right everything there. that Fred Astaire yeah. did, but she did yeah, it in she heels. She was a liar is what you're trying to say. I see what you're saying. Okay. Right. Yeah. It's about time. You know what? This is, this is the platform to do it. We're finally going to drag yeah, Ginger. Ginger. Is she Rogers. still alive? She's probably not alive, right? She's got to be gone. Uh, no, I don't know. But Fred, Fred Astaire wasn't a liar. He was just a dancer. That's what they're talking about. Yeah. A dancer. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It's a bad metaphor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and a very dated reference. Uh, Tony, like, yeah. get do, with it. Yeah. Hook up. Yeah. All y'all Mr. Cadenas, uh, could, yeah, hook up with us if you want tips on how to make, uh, you know, analogies. We're the pros. Yeah. So you we know. have our youth correspondent here. He could tell you somebody from TikTok, yeah. you know. Yeah. Maybe it's somebody that's been pushed on him by the Chinese Communist Party, but that doesn't have anything to do with it. Yeah. I'll All right. Teach so you our some TikTok other, dances. Our other news, like sort of major story of this week was the uh so my wife tells me that in in the in the in the industry, this company is called CS. And I think it's because nobody really wants to gamble on is it Credit Swiss? Credit Suisse? I've heard several different pronunciations. Credit Swiss acquired. Yeah. That's the other big story. Yeah. Or a song. For for a song, when it comes to one of the banks that was considered one of the thirty most important banks in the world, uh, crazy, ten years ago, yeah. uh, fifteen years ago, uh, I call it Credit Suisse. I did have a job interview with them ten years ago in law school, and my interviewer it? called it Credit Suisse. Uh, oh, okay. That was a New York office, though, so that might have been fake. I don't know. Um, but well, so yeah, think of that. It being fake, did you did you see who owned like uh, f- I had a note somewhere. I did a little bit of research, but it was for something else, so I had to do it. Um, like fifteen percent were owned by the Saudi investment fund yeah. and uh, yeah. Qatar, right? So it's not yeah. even a Swiss. I mean, it, you know, maybe the rest of it was, I mean, but it cl- you know, clearly they are at least mostly controlled by the Swiss go- government because they this was all like basically forced by the government more or less, right? Um. But also, yeah, the, so the Saudi National Bank refusing to increase its capital investment was kind of one of the things that kind of spurred on this crisis. Yeah. Um, 
So Credit Suisse had a liquidity concern and they were like, we want to raise capital, just like SVB said they wanted to raise capital uh, to resolve the liquidity issue. Saudi National Bank was like, uh, no. By the way, Credit Suisse, this is on the backdrop to this, is that they've had like years and years of scandals since 2008. They yeah. came out looking good in 2008. And then they were like they not affected, kept... basically, right? Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I'm sure they affected a little bit, but right. my understanding was they were looking better than better than ever. And then all of a sudden, all of these, all these like ethical and Tax accounting issues. and other yeah. scandals started coming out, and it was just like time after time getting, uh, getting hit by different things. Um, and they were apparently worth as much as like thirty billion or something just a few months ago, though still. Um, no, it's even more then, than that. At the end of 2022, it had the equivalent of 1.4 trillion in assets under management. At the end, as oh in my gosh, three months ago. Well, that that's assets, right? So, right. do they still have that much? Maybe they, the, they yeah, no, <laughs> they carved off a whole big chunk of them and sold it oh, already. Yeah. So, the, but the yeah. problem with that is, is that they should still have that cash on hand. Then that should still be yeah. part of their value. And so, it's even from more alarming. Yeah, yeah, from the sale, exactly. So, it's even more alarming that you've. You know, you've already like sold a lot of your stuff and your bank account doesn't have that. You, you know, your whole net worth isn't that high. That is crazy. Yeah. And so Credit Suisse got bought by UBS for $3.2 billion in a government like kind of structured sale. The U.S. capital bank issues with SVB and uh, and the other one, Signature Bank, um, basi- basically forced their hand, supposedly. Um, but along with that, in order to get UBS to buy it, for that much uh the the government somehow can just do this just got them to write off 17 billion in what are called like tier a bonds tier a bonds is that what they're called i think so yeah um tier one or at1 which are apparently like semi-risky bonds but like nobody expected that to happen like nobody expected that to be to just disappear into a poof of smoke um, so it's a huge deal for Europe, and I'm sure Europe is still really annoyed at the U.S. federal government for continuing to increase <laughs> interest rates and, you know, right. well, making yeah, so liquidity even strong, even worse. But to, to your point of it being huge, the $1.4 trillion in assets under management, if that was an American bank, it would be right smack between Wells Fargo and Goldman Sachs, like to give you an idea oh of how, I mean, this is, a, this is not a small, you know, for here, no. it's somewhat smaller. But I, I imagine a lot of American investment funds had money in Credit Suisse as well, uh, or Credit Suisse, whatever whatever we're going with here. Um, so at, uh, this this acquisition, it was acquired for you had the number. What was the number? Three point two, three point two billion, two five billion U.S., three billion Swiss francs. So this, I wanted to give a quick background here. Credit Suisse, right, founded in eighteen fifty six to fund the Swiss rail system, <laughs> and it funded the construction of the entire Swiss electrical grid, right. So then. Goes through all that time. It endures the 2008 crisis pretty well. Has some scandals in, from 8 to 12. And then it has the $1.4 trillion assets under management by the end of 2022. But then I looked up. I wanted to see like what are some comparable mergers and acquisitions that have happened this year or late last year that are like, that would give you an idea of like where that, that purchase price fits in. The company Broadcom, they make the uh, uh, Ethernet yeah. or Wi-Fi Modems. chips. Yeah. Modems, right. They acquired VMware. Do you guys know what VMware is? It's yeah, a virtualization. The, the remote remote access thing, right? Uh, yeah. uh, uh, spin up um, workstation, virtual machines, virtual, virtual machines. machines yeah. yeah, sixty-one billion is how much they acquired that for. So Credit Suisse is is what but... one one thirtieth of it, one twentieth of it, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then the other one I saw was that uh, there's a company I didn't know this. These two companies were put together. Keurig, Dr Pepper Inc. Did you guys know Keurig and Dr Pepper what? were one? Or one business? I thought Dr. Is, Pepper was is like Dr. a Pepsi Dr. Pepper brand. its own company? No, I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah, but correct, Dr. Not. Pepper Inc. bought Nutribolt, which as best <laughs> I can tell is like a knockoff Nutribullet company for $863 million. So Credit Suisse is worth about four knockoff Nutribullet companies. It's, I mean, it's just insane. This is an enormous bank. And yeah. it was acquired for nothing. If, or one, it's worth... One thirtieth of an Activision, one one twentieth yeah. of an Activision. Too. That's exactly what I was looking up. Yeah, yeah, right. 
Um, which Call of Duty is worth so much more than Credit <laughs> Just Right. Uh, just Call of Duty. In fact, yeah. just like just like the uh, mobile version of Diablo that I've never <laughs> se- even seen played is probably worth more than Credit Suisse. Oh, yeah. That's, oh that's just absolutely bananas to me. I, I don't know how an organization falls so precipitously, so quickly to be where at the end of last year, they had almost 500 times... The assets uh, under management as what they sold for here. Now, I don't know banks. I don't know mergers and acquisitions. But it seems to me like if you have assets under management, on that order of magnitude, that $3 billion is a mighty cheap uh, purchase price. For sure. But I imagine that when you buy uh, Credit Suisse, you also... Like you're not buying $1.4 million worth of assets for $3 billion. You're not even buying all of their assets mm-hmm. that are under their management for $3 billion. You're buying their business as a going right. concern, which has assets, but also has liabilities right. attendant to those assets. So yeah, sure. how much is it actually worth? I, I don't know. Apparently yeah. it's worth $3 billion because that's what they could get somebody or 3 billion francs because yeah. uh, that's what they could get somebody to pay for it. But man, that's... Uh, it's making things feel really touchy because that's a familiar name. And for a bank to have a familiar name in the United States, uh, a European bank to have a familiar name in the United States, like it's gotta be a monolith of banking yeah. over there. And it, it seems like it is like, what do I, what do I know in banking in Europe? Like I know Credit Suisse and I know Deutsche Bank and that's about yeah. it. And UBS apparently. Yeah. Is, now you is know UBS, UBS, is that a European a bank, Swiss, I guess? It's yeah. a Swiss bank. Yeah, it's a but, I mean, that, to, that's I another sort of That's another sort of thing of like, is it a Swiss bank? Like if we looked at the ownership of, of UBS, is, is, it, uh, yeah. is it as Swiss as Credit Suisse was? Or is it less no. Swiss or more it's Swiss? Saudi. Yeah. It's, it's Saudi. I mean, Saudi. every, yeah, that goes like Tesla just, uh, or not Tesla. SpaceX is getting an investment from the Saudi National Bank now. Um what uh epic has a lot of investors from has a, a big investment from tencent which is a chinese company mm-hmm. um it's like own? everything uh, is global now if you're tencent, when it comes to equity ownership tencent doesn't own whatsapp what do they own tencent oh, I've they heard, own I've heard so them. much there's a big that, do they own kick i don't, I don't know. know i don't know huh, okay yeah. well anyway moving on to uh so this is a good segue <laughs> i think uh, we have. I, I'm sorry, I skipped this story. Coinbase. Coinbase might yeah. be about to get in trouble. This is like well, continuing I, <laughs> burning of crypto. I just yeah. want to quickly before you you give us the overview of it. Coinbase market cap is 15.35 billion. So okay. that is what five five times? Credit Suisse. Yeah, five Credit Suisse. No, maybe yeah, not after this. We'll see. No. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I can't claim to know exactly what this SEC is going to be doing, and or like anything about <laughs> these regulations. Right. Uh, but yeah, so SEC sent them uh a sent coinbase a publicly traded the only publicly traded crypto bank or crypto exchange as far as i know i think they um, were mating maybe the only remaining notification and... yeah ftx was ftx ever ever publicly traded um i don't know it's a good question uh a notification which is called like a wells letter or something yeah, basically like we're, saying, we're thinking about coming for you. We're about well, it's treated as like they don't send these unless they're really do it, gonna do it. Yeah. Um, so and it's about their staking businesses business and their spot uh their spot market business. And um uh their staking and spot market business were the were the two things I knew. Coinboys earn, right. Coinbase Prime, and Coinbase Wallet. Um, and basically the idea is that according SEC is not saying a lot about it, but right. Coinbase's CEO and uh, SEC compliance guy have been tweeting about it. And they were basically like, we have been trying to comply. We've been trying to convince them or trying to talk to them. They won't talk to us. We have been trying to comply with it with this. We review all of our coins to make sure they're not securities before we start selling them. Right. Um, that kind of, you know, that kind of thing. And basically it seems like there are two, pro- there are at least two problems that I can see and people are free to comment. I would love to get 
corrections because I'd really like to know what's going on. But so Coinbase Earn, which is the staking business, something yeah. I did is you put up this money, this coin, you put your coins as staked, and then you get the some portion of the income from the staking. And staking basically is just like you're acting as collateral for somebody else's processing that goes into this cryptocurrency. Instead of proof of work, it's proof of stake, yeah. right? So you're, you're, yeah, you're those putting are like the, the two yeah. major systems that cryptocurrencies are ba- based on. And Ethereum switched over to proof of stake uh, yeah. earlier in 2022. That was a big deal. That's like mm-hmm. mining went down and that's why some GPU prices kind of went back to, to, yeah. to earth a little bit, etc. Okay, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so um, yeah, if you stake, you get rewards based on the algorithm the coin is the, that's the way the coin is set up when you right. stake you get rewards for that staking you get rewards for putting a collateral if you if whoever you're staking for makes a mistake or um intentionally tries to mess with the system those staked assets get punished and right. so or get taken they get stripped um and so maybe that's a security i don't know i haven't thought about it enough but i think they are trying to the sec is saying that's basically a security to stake to stake right. cryptocurrency because so that's you are success. generating income. The yeah. SEC has had some success with that because back in February, maybe it was January, uh, there was another crypto firm uh, that's small enough that I'd, I had never heard of it before. Uh, Kraken? Kraken? Kraken. Uh, the SEC, I think, managed to persuade Kraken to stop doing this and hmm. pay a penalty, probably not probably, surely under the threat of enforcement action right. by the DOJ. Uh, but uh, it, yeah, so it, it seems like they've come across some success, probably starting with smaller fish to test out the argument. And now we're moving on to a bigger fish here in uh, Coinbase, which as far as I know, may be the biggest fish that's left in the crypto market. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. With F- with FTX and sort of the big players getting uh, you know disappeared off the face of the earth, uh, Coinbase is probably the biggest one left. So I mean, there's probably some juice here as far as I can get it stake interest <laughs> juice. Uh, there's probably some juice here uh, when it comes to the SEC enforcement because they've been able to persuade some smaller players to do it. And uh, you know, in my line of work we come across this definitional issue of, is it a, you know, they're talking about, is it a security or not a security? We talk about all the time. uh, Is this person an employee or not an employee? Like, are they an an employee or an independent contractor? And uh, in that context, it boils down to a test of what is the economic reality here? It's the economic realities test. That's literally what they call it. Uh, And in this situation, it seems like it's going to be an economic reality that when you stake your crypto and you get paid a return on it, uh, it sure looks and behaves and feels like a security. And you can call it a bagel if you want to, but that doesn't make it not a security. So right. So the the test in this case, I did a little bit of work on a, on a research project for like a tax angle on a cryptocurrency <laughs> thing, and it was in Europe, so it's not that helpful. But the test in the United States is the Howey test. And so the Howey test is to determine whether or not something is an investment contract. And that's what this all turns on. This is a security if the if it's an investment contract, basically. And so the yeah. investment contract exists if there is a, quote, investment of money in a common enterprise with a reasonable expectation of profits to be derived from the efforts of others. That derived from the efforts, efforts of others is, I think, what for the most part is in question with these different uh, uh, coins. Yeah. And so I think there is a novel question here in that with proof of work, uh, it's pretty un- it's pretty hard to make the argument that you're not deri- you're not expecting a profit derived from the effort of others because the other miners are the one that are going to ones that are going to you have to really get like nu- nuanced into the the sort of a deep dive into how the blockchain works to make an argument that you're not getting a profit from somebody else's um, work in in those cases right but with proof of stake uh, I th- I mean I, it seems like it, it's a little bit more nuanced like maybe there's an argument there but again I think eventually we're gonna have to come to something like what Jason is saying with economic realities or in tax it's the sham transaction test it's like there's this like base catch-all that basically if nothing if none of the other tests work the last test is like yeah but come on what are you really doing here you know what I mean like well, yeah, but what, what's uh-huh. really happening here and so the Howie yeah. test what that is is it's a case Howie and it was based on uh, like a 1930s uh, I've made the joke a couple times. There's like literally citrus groves in Florida 
where I think they sold interests in them and and then you would like you would all co-own a citrus grove and you would get some of the profits or something. And so obviously you're deriving profits from the work of others. And so that was a security. And mm-hmm. this being applied in 2023 to these kinds of distinctions, like proof of stake versus proof of work. I mean, this clearly yeah. is going to have to be uh, reconsidered. Uh, I'm not saying reconsidered as in Coinbase, you know, needs to lose here or or anything like that. But like this, it's pretty clear there's going to be a new test soon. I can't imagine this is going to persist for another uh, 90 years. I mean, I, it's until Congress steps in, it seems like it probably will just like be like this kind of ad hoc figure it out through the courts. They're going to have to go to court at some point. I think they already, there was, there was either an SEC decision or a court decision saying that Bitcoin and Ethereum are not securities themselves. The coins, Ethereum, maybe that changes with proof of stake, but the coin itself still remains not a security because it's a store of value. That's how it's used at least. Um, But uh, when you're just trading it, but there's right. all these other aspects that go into the crypto that, you know, maybe maybe it does become maybe the staking is a investment vehicle. It's so not prepared. The law is so, you know, it's based in the 1930s it's, or the 20s. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not ready for this at all. Yeah. Um, so I, I would love <laughs> I would love to have some faith in Congress to address it, you know. Fairly, but also the the prevailing sentiment I feel like is to get rid of it. But I don't even know how you do that. Uh, get rid of crypto. You can try crypto. Yeah, yeah. That seems, I mean, you they'll do it. They could just ban it, and then that's that. You know. I mean, uh, the choke point it, is shove just, it underground. Yeah, the choke um, point is just don't let them convert it to U.S. dollars. That's yeah. it. I mean, that's what all the. Th- I mean, that's that's the the point that we we always can like as I mean, long as everyone is just, operating. You can convert it to U.S. dollars in a country that allows it through from your computer. Send it yeah. to an overseas account, which then converts it to another two U.S. dollars in an overseas bank online, and then converts it back to you get it get it back from that other country. Though there's like a couple a couple of people getting their accounts seized because that can be proven, and people will be scared out of doing that in any kind of volume. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, and, right, normal, yeah, ordinary people will be totally out of it. For sure. We don't have the political will in this country to do that. And I'll tell you why. It's because people like Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski get on Twitter and change their <laughs> avatars to laser beam eyes to indicate their support. And Matt Damon does a Super Bowl commercial for it. Like, well, okay, guys, we may not like crypto and we may not like all of the things that it's like the environmental implications and the crime implications and the drug trade implications, but we can't hurt Matt Damon and Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Damon. Their eyes oh, are so mercy. blue. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not anti-crypto. I think we've talked about this. I'm not yeah. anti-crypto as a rule, uh, and or not the rule is not that I'm not anti-crypto. Right. Anyway, um, but uh, I don't know if you know this, but that proof of stake conversion, like, totally, totally, basically made negligible the in- environmental impact of Ethereum because Ethereum right. doesn't right. use any much more power than it needs to. As opposed right. to like Bitcoin being like, uh, still you got to run a computer for you know uh, a whole lot just to crank out one coin. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, um, I Was that- I don't I don't know I I don't see a ban coming either just because I I think they are much more they are much more prepared to do nothing and just let it stay kind of chaotic. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if they want to kill it, one way to do it is to just let it kill itself. Like just continually put up these little these little barriers and these little these little you know highlight these issues. I mean, FTX collapsing to talk about the Super Bowl thing, right? The yeah. year like by the time on the year anniversary of them basically <laughs> dominating the Super Bowl with mm-hmm. ads, right? And I think the previous year MLB, all the umpires wore like FTX on their shirts. They like, yeah. like they were like one of the yeah. first brands that got to like buy a logo on there, which I thought uh-huh. was like the technology. I, I had no idea. I didn't know what FTX was initially. So I thought it had something to do with um, the stuff MLB was rolling out with like uh, automated uh, uh, um, strike zones and stuff like that. I thought it was some sort of technology. Company. I had no idea this was just like a Nike swoosh basically on, on the umpires, <laughs> right? For some, you know, shady uh, crypto exchange. Um, but yeah, so like on the year anniversary of their of their Super Bowl that it had already happened like he was indicted and you know what i mean the whole thing had collapsed so I, if they're looking to i don't think they need to ban it you could just sort of sit back and 
wait for all this to happen. I mean, it, it seems pretty clear that it's going to kind of collapse on its own. But as you said, Jake, I think it just gets driven underground. And I think yeah. the people who are going to use it for nefarious purposes, they are going to continue to use it. The only people that are going to be left are going to be those people. And it's going to be a complete Wild West. As I say, maybe the way that they, the thing that gets them to actually do anything is to the to stop crime. Is their, That's their excuse is we're, you know, cracking down on this because it's, Un, cannot be regulated we cannot tra- track it it is impossible right. to um to track somebody doing that kind of kind of thing so um you know they could add the the easiest way to enforce something like this is the is the openings to the financial world as as you were talking about i'm yeah. just kind of spitballing it spitballing live brainstorming just thinking about the different things that they could do uh, to actually stop it from happening, but I think that's, I think that's where they go if they go with the banning route. Is th- we're trying to stop crime. Oh, yeah, here's all the things banks need to do when they think they have a, they have a transaction based on <laughs> cryptocurrency. They're not allowed right. to transact with cryptocurrency based companies. You know, whatever. Yeah. All right, our final topic, real quick, before we go to follow up, because I think it's going to be, or not follow up, before we go to being done. This is follow up. Um, is uh, Twitter verified going away? Do we really care? The old uh, <laughs> legacy verified accounts? I'm, I mean, I'm do sad. I care? Do I care? No, no. I don't you care. You care. You Not care, Andrew. Once people could pay $8 and I was no longer elite, that's it. Yeah. I mean, you know, any any schmo with 8 bucks can be just as cool as me, then I don't care anymore. Take it away. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I saw somebody reacting with uh, to it with like, a, so there was a blue check person, you know, said this was a terrible idea. And another person replied to them and say, saying, you know, why do you have a blue check? I have no idea who you are. This is why this needs to change. Right. And it's like, wait, so you if they paid eight dollars, that would be better for you. You still wouldn't know who they are. Uh, I think Twitter is going to be like way worse, like without knowing that the person is who the person claims to be like. Yeah, it served a purpose. It served uh, a purpose, and I also think they've they've success or he has successfully made a situation where it's going to become a badge of honor for the previous Twitter verified people to not have the check. A lot of yeah. them are not <laughs> like you know, yeah. I mean, like all the New York Times. Maybe that's a bad example. They who knows what they'll do. But what I'm saying is like columnists, people who are like the the previously thought of as whether or not you think they should have had a blue check or anything they have to say is valuable. I agree that probably most of it's not, but they the original blue check people are all now, it's going to be the exact inverse. They're going to need to demonstrate to their followers that they are not a fool yeah. paying $8 and they're not going to have a blue check. So now it's just going to invert. Like you're still going to have the stratification. It's not whatever he thinks he, this is going to achieve. I mean, I guess I assume what it is is he's looking at the number of Twitter verified accounts that have blue checks that he's not getting eight bucks a month for and thinking, well, yeah. if we can convert all of those. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I would be surprised if many of them make that jump. The really alarming thing to me in this whole context is we are in the probably early, maybe early middle stages of an extreme crisis of credibility where things have been the credibility of things in general has been undermined. We are uh, seeing a long term erosion in trust in science, in trust of government institutions, uh, of, you know, banking establishments. And that is rapidly accelerating because now, like, I have genuine doubts. And boy, was it uh, demonstrated this week. I have genuine doubts when I see a picture, uh, whether <laughs> yeah. this is a picture of a thing that actually happened. And it's not just the it's not just the Samsung. Is it really my picture of the moon stuff? It's, uh, hey, there are these hyper realistic, uh, like genuine looking (laughs) photos of Donald Trump being tackled to the ground (laughs) by police officers in New York city and they're fake. And we got to talk about that quickly before we move on. Yeah. yeah. I don't know who those are for. I mean, they're great. I don't know who they're for. And if anyone saw them and thought they were real, my biggest problem with it is not the realisticness of the the depiction, (laughs) but that his, he has the body type that could contort to lean that far back, he would need like those smooth criminal shoes that locked in so that he you wouldn't fall over. In all of his positions, he's doing things that that is a much more nimble man than the guy who was president. He would not be able to do any of those things. But I'm sorry. Yes. Credibility. Go yeah. On. So like we are uh, and I, I don't know exactly like historically we'll find out in, I don't know, 20 years, 50 years, exactly how bad the credibility crisis is right now. But like we're in a spot where 
I genuinely can't tell sometimes if I'm chatting with a person or if I'm chatting with chat GPT, if this photo, which like we were already on the precipice of this with deep fakes, I can't tell whether this is a real photo or a real video. And now it has been firmly punctuated with an exclamation point this week of, oh my, I have no idea what I can trust now when I see these pictures on the front page of, I don't know, Reddit or something like that. Uh, And uh, so at the same time that we're experiencing this crisis of credibility, we are now in a small way contributing to that credibility, the waning of credibility, not just of particular people, but in general, by saying that this blue check, which once stood for, we have verified that this is authentic. This is this person. This is somebody who is like a reputable source or a known source, maybe not reputable. And we're taking that away and we're selling it instead. Uh, and, uh, you know, with no identity okay. check, by the way. Right. I mean, th- as, far, as far as I know, right. that $8, they don't yeah. confirm your you. They do do that for the, uh, like when I got mine, I had to send my, um, driver's license or something. I don't know. I had to somehow prove that it was me. So yeah. th- they don't do that for this. So yeah, to your point, it's, there is no credibility whatsoever. Anyone can get the check and it doesn't even mean they're the person they're saying they are. Mm-hmm. So Elon Musk's cash grab for $8 a month from these people who used to be verified as, credibly the person that they say they are uh it's not going to be the watershed moment of you know the credibility crisis in fact i think probably the watershed moment happened gradually over the course of the last 25 or 30 years when we decided that uh, everybody knows best for themselves and we don't have to trust doctors or scientists Mm -hmm. uh and and uh that was the you know very gradual erosion watershed moment uh, maybe the watershed point is going to be, you know, chat GPT five or right. whatever. But uh, this is kind of a, a one of those little utility flags in the Ooh. ground that's mapping where the gas line is going towards the eventual like uh, oblivion of trust. I think Absolutely. it definitely think- makes a bigger impact. Like the it's a much bigger story because. Trust is like on its way, on its way to kind of uncharted waters with all the AI stuff. Um, yeah. Of like whether or not a person is real, let alone uh, who they say they are. Um, mm-hmm. But it's going to be it's terrible for Twitter because this was a service to t- Twitter's customers to make the feed better because you now know. Yeah. Uh, if, if somebody is verified. And it's they had a famous person's name. You had a good idea that, yeah, it was the famous person there. So now if you are a famous person that wants to doesn't want to pay eight dollars, anybody with your same name. And there are a lot of common names out there is going to have is going to look the same. And if you are a just ordinary person looking for a Will Smith um, and neither of the Will Smiths wants to join want to pay eight dollars, then you're going to be looking through a lot of Will Smiths trying to figure out who's the right one. And there's nothing that mm. says they can't put a, put their, their, uh, you know, their profile picture as the fresh Prince. And right. by two Will Smiths, I'm referring to, uh, Will Smith rapper and also Will Smith of Ma- formerly of maximum PC. Um, mm. and now has a very good tech tech podcast. Um, I didn't realize those two guys were two different guys. I thought it was the same guy. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I assumed you were talking about the relief pitcher. But yeah, yeah. Uh, there's so many. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Twitter itself is going to be worse. Is going to be much worse without 100%. the verified, the legacy verified, which are the things that actually made it better for for everybody. It made the whole right. the whole system better for everybody, whether or not you paid. Um, so I'm not. I'm. I mean, Twitter was already going downhill. It's just yeah. like. I have to think that it's going to go into bankruptcy in the next year or something like that because or it'll collapse. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's clearly not in a good place and it's getting going to get worse. And I wouldn't be surprised. We should keep a track Uh, record of of our predictions. I like our predictions. We should do an over under. Why don't we do an over and under right now? When does (laughs) does Twitter still exist? Or has Twitter mm. declared bankruptcy by March twenty third, twenty twenty four? I would actually, mm. I will say that it has declared bankruptcy by then. I'm with you. Yeah, I think I'm yes. Okay. I'm taking the over. 
I'm You're taking really? the over. All right. Past well, March 23rd. The, the Yeah, it'll be a long farewell. Okay. Just just declared bankruptcy, though, right? This is not just declared bankruptcy. Down. Not okay, that yeah. it doesn't exist, but just that it's declared bankruptcy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Deal. Stake in the okay. ground. Episode 12. All right. Yes. We'll check back. We'll be on uh, episode what what plus fifty two, so we'll be on episode sixty four, sixty something. Yeah. Okay. That sounds good to me. All right. With uh, that, I think we can do our our concluding ideas, or uh, you know, our things. Uh, what's going on, recommendations, etc. Random things. Yeah. Uh, Resident Evil Four, the remake, is out tomorrow. Uh, I played the demo, and man, it's so Resident Evil Four. If you don't know, is like the one of the one of considered one of the best games of all time. It's the only Resident Evil I've ever liked, and mm, I really? played it a lot. It's come out on like nine different platforms, and they are remade it to be more modern. On what platforms does the remake on? Uh, it'll be on PC. It'll be on Xbox X and PS5. I, I don't know okay. what else. <laughs> Great. Um, I'm in. Yeah, but if you don't want to do the remake, the original is on literally everything. <laughs> it's on. I played the remake of two. It was great. Yeah, Resident Evil Two, really good. Yeah. I recommend mm. that. That's not my recommendation, but I, you know, sort of recommend it. It's it, it's, it's the... um, unsettling. It's like uh, it's one of the only games I've played that uh, I actually feel sort of uh, I might want to turn a light on. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm, I'm out for stuff unpleasant. like that. Yeah, jump scares. Jump scares are a no for me. It's not that jump scary. It's more like there's a you know that a zombie is coming at you, but you're so awkward, and it's yeah. very silly. That like the lines, it's so campy. There's a there, your main character is Leon Kennedy, who's like an emo kid looking guy, right. and you and he's like part of a special presidential task force, and you just see this emo kid me like shaking hands with the president, like <laughs> it's super portrayed super seriously. It's very it's it's sneaky funny. Uh, a bunch of zombies like start walking away when a bell starts ringing, and he, and he's like, "Where's everybody going? Bingo." Uh, anyway, <laughs> it's all very silly. Mm-hmm. I will do mine really quickly because it's very simple. Uh, Netflix show Outlast. It's pretty good. It's uh, another reality show. I'm working through all the terrible reality <laughs> shows on Netflix. This one is they put a bunch of uh, people in the Alaskan wilderness and try to see who can survive. It's really good right up until the end. I won't give any spoilers away, but uh, the overall, like the final determination between the two teams isn't what the rest of the show was. So it's sort of like if Survivor at the end, it was just whoever like won a game of badminton or something. So it's a little the end is a little weird but the, up until that point it's pretty good okay uh, right. my recommendation is uh if you're going to do any amount of driving at any point in the near or intermediate future try a vehicle that has automatic uh steering functionality like lane keeping assist like a genuine lane keeping assist uh and adaptive cruise control i just drove in the past three days 1300 miles uh, oh my God. And it, this is fantastic. I love a vehicle that requires minimal input uh, to just stay straight and keep driving in your lane. Like it's great. Strong recommend. A lot oh, of cars wow. do it. Uh, some even some Fords will do it. Uh, Kias will do it. Like uh, the the new kind of de facto uh, minivan is not a minivan anymore. At least not down here in Georgia. It's a Kia Telluride, and you can get that with lane keeping assist and adaptive cruise control uh it is i i haven't tested anyone other than the ones that's in my car uh but it is just it it it's great i love it it's great it's worth it i can vouch for oh, nissan so leaf we have a 2022 nissan leaf not an expensive car not a super high-end car with the tax credit it's you know you can get in at like under 30 for it and yeah it's fantastic i mean it's it, it's an undersold feature um, from everybody. Like Tesla makes a sort of a big point of it, and everybody knows about Tesla stuff. But from what I've seen, a yeah. lot of car companies have like really quite decent, just base model adaptive cruise control and lane assist and all of that. Uh, you know, you touch the steering wheel every once in a while. That's all you really need. I'm with you. It's so great. I'll never buy a car without it again. Agreed. We done, fellas? We're done. We done. All right. Music coming up. I'm praying for. I'm watching the audio closely, please. You stayed green the All whole right. time. It's your lucky yeah, green you shirt. Good.